a terrible crime spree, an unfortunate accident. And then we travel to Spain, where a family in the 1930s was constantly being harassed by a goblin who lived in their chimney. Sounds like a folktale, but when you had hundreds of police officers descend on the scene, everyone heard the voice of the goblin of Zargosa, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I really, really do. You know, I don't think I'm going to do anything special for Christmas. I haven't figured that out yet. I kind of, that live Thanksgiving episode, that live episode on YouTube, it, it took an odd amount of energy out of me. And I had fun doing it, but uh, yeah, it kind of wore me out. I'm not still worn out. I'm not all, uh, now, but... It was at the perfect time. It was at the end of the season and everything. Like, I don't know if I could pull something like that off at the beginning of the season. I, I'll probably do something for Christmas, but I don't think it'll be a live episode or anything streaming-wise. You know, and I, I'll address this now, actually. I was going to talk about this a couple days ago. You know, YouTube is making a big push, their anti-bullying push. So, obviously, this show can be considered bullying for some things because I'm debunking or making fun of topics. I got accused of bullying the Forest Finn people. I got accused of bullying Hans and all these other groups. Now, is it bullying? No, not really. But I mean, the, the, the argument could be made. I don't believe it is. I think I'm attacking the beliefs and not the person behind the beliefs. But So I don't know how much I'm going to invest in a YouTube infrastructure at this point. Because all it takes is for me to do one too many episodes on some weirdo group and the channel gets demonetized, which isn't a huge issue, but the channel getting taken down and things like that. So I don't know how much I'm actually going to be looking at doing video or building up the YouTube structure. We'll still continue to post our episodes on YouTube as long as we can, but if the channel gets taken down, we're just going to be doing it on the podcast apps, and we're everywhere that podcasts are available. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, If you can, li- I listen to it on Podcast Addict, anywhere there's a podcast feed. Dead Rabbit Radio is there. Plus, you can listen to it online as well. If you go to deadrabbit.com, you can listen to it there. So, if the channel... I don't think anything's going to happen anytime soon with YouTube, but that may happen. So, I don't know how much I'm going to be... I was originally going to, you know, get some Adobe software and start working on video editing and stuff like that. And I just don't know if that's feasible for this show. Because it's not a bullying show, but you listen to how many episodes do I make fun of people's weirdo beliefs, weird new agey or cultish or dangerous ideas that, you know, a channel could get taken down for all that stuff. So we may end up just going strictly to being a podcast, which is how I always envisioned the show. Anyways, sorry, YouTube guys, we're going to keep putting it out as long as we can. But that is unfortunately the brave new world that we live in. Just putting that out there. Let's go ahead, though, and get started with this episode. And we're going to start off this episode. Let's go ahead and hop in the Carpenter Copter show. Get on in, guys. We're flying away. We are flying out to Nigeria. It's November 2019, so super recent. We land. Oh, and also, we have a new Patreon, Kyle Blank. Kyle Blank, thank you so much for supporting the show. Really, really appreciate that. means a lot. And if you can't support the Patreon... Get the word out about the show. That helps a lot as well. So thank you very much, Kyle. We jump off the helicopter. 
because Kyle is our Patreon for this episode, we're going to give him the honor of carrying all of our, all of our luggage. We're like, giving it to him. He's like, oh, thank you, Jason, for this great honor. I'm buying more luggage at, at, in Nigeria. I'm like, hey, can I, can I look at your heavy suitcases just to give it to Kyle? He's like, ah. Anyways, we're in Nigeria. We're in the Ukiri community in Edo State. And there's this woman named Ekater, Ekater, and an unnamed husband. And I know what you're thinking. This story's fake. Now, generally, when we come across stories and we don't have people's names, they tend to be fake. We don't have her. Her name is Ekater. I believe that's the last name in the region because I was looking this stuff up. But we don't have any information here. Anyways, long story short, she accuses him of cheating on her. And he slaps her. Uh, we're just looking at all this through the window. We're like, oh, that's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> Jason, this is a horrible story. This isn't funny. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I know. But it's about to get funny. Kind of. Kind of. If you enjoy human suffering. He slaps her. And she then reaches into his pants. I didn't know this was possible. I, I know it's possible to reach into people's pants. But I didn't know this second part was possible. She reaches into his pants. She grabs his testicles and squeezes so hard, he dies. Kills him. Kills him on the spot. And she gets arrested and she says that the devil possessed her. Now, you may or may not believe in demonic possessions or the devil himself. However, I think the ability to squeeze testicles so hard and kill someone is definitely a demonic power. It's definitely something... That most humans don't have, but I would be wrong, and so would you if you agreed with me, because it's not the first time that's happened. Hop back in the carbon copter. You're like, oh, you're like holding your legs. Unless you're a woman, then you're like, this story doesn't affect me. I guess it still would affect you. I remember once I kneed this chick on accident right between the legs and dropped her. Because it's the same thing. Like, you have, that's your reproductive organs, right? It's like punching a bear in the nose. Not like their nose is a reproductive organ, but it's a soft spot. I remember once, I've actually done it multiple times, but I remember the first time I did it, I was surprised because I accidentally need this girl between the legs and she dropped. And then I remember, I don't know, a year or two later, I was with this other girl and we were laying down and I moved very quickly and I need her right between the legs and she was all, ah! Now, guys have been kicked between the legs all the time. I mean, we're not all stuntmen or we're not all members of the Jackass crew, but I remember once I hit myself with a lead pipe between the legs and I was like, oh, it it just caught the tip and that was bad enough. I'm like, oh. But I think eventually you catch so many baseballs to the crotch. That still hurts. I'm not diminishing that. But a woman who's never been in a fight, who's never been kicked between the legs, it's it's like an astronaut landing on the moon for the first time. She has no idea what to expect. Anyways. So, yeah, women can also be like, uh. Anyways, June 20, we're back in the Carpenter Copter. We're headed to India. It's June 2017. There's a cockfight. These roosters are pecking at each other. I guess Puerto Rico just made cockfighting legal or made it more legal. I don't think people weren't cockfighting down there. I mean, people cockfight everywhere, but I guess now it's legal. These big chickens. They, it's brutal, dude. It's They have metal beaks. Well,. They have regular beaks, but then they have, like, little armor put on them, and then they get these gauntlets, like these wolverine claws on their feet. Super brutal. 
They just attack each other. Now, there's a man and his wife watching their rooster fight another rooster here in India. It's Saitola, India. And rooster, their rooster loses. Now, I don't know if they fight to the death. They might just fight to the point where the one rooster is just laying against the against the ring and just waving the other guy off. But most likely, the loser, <laughs> the loser does get turned into chicken nuggets. Husband and wife start fighting over the fact that their rooster lost. And you're like, oh, okay, is this story, Jason, is this story going to end with the wife squeezing the dude? <laughs> the dude's not so hard he dies. Um, no. Don't interrupt me. Don't interrupt me. As we're having this conversation, Kyle's getting attacked by roosters. He's still holding all of our luggage. People are like, Jason, we're not going to donate to your Patreon. They die. You're, you're having Kyle Blanket attacked by roosters while he's still holding our luggage. While we're having this argument, we hear Kyle go, ah! He can't see what's attacking him. He has a bunch of suitcases in front of him. Um, But no, she does not reach into her husband's pants and, and destroys testicles. That is not true. Her father-in-law, her father-in-law steps in between the couple and goes, hey guys, break it up. It's really not wor- ah! <laughs> As he's trying to break up this fight, she reaches into her father-in-law's pants and squeezes his testicles so hard, he dies on the spot. It's a real thing. It's an actual real thing. She said it was an accident. I don't know how you accidentally... I accidentally have need girls between the legs, okay? that Those are accidents. I didn't, like, square up. And then, like, start running towards him. It's not an accident to reach down and then to close your fist. That's a, and then to hold on. There's multiple steps there. April, <laughs> we got one more. April 2013. Hop back in the carpenter copter. Ah, fine. We're going to China now. Now, again, these stories seem suspiciously fake. Because they take place in far-off locations. Unless you live in India, then it's across the street. But these stories are being put out in Western media. So they seem a little fake. We don't have all of the names. But they're reported over and over and over again. So they're, they're most likely real. The one... Th- well, I shouldn't say that. They're probably 50-50 real. The one in India, it says that she went to jail. But I couldn't find any follow-up on the story. Now we're in China. We're in a place called Haikou, China. This one actually was real. There was a big court. The, the, there's trials for this. I, I was never able to find out what the sentence was, but there was several articles on this one in China about the trial. There's a woman who parks her scooter in front of a business. <laughs> Hops off the scooter. Okay, she's going to go shopping. She just needed a parking spot. Now we're sitting across the street. All of us are have our legs crossed just in case she has testicle vision on. She's just looking for something to destroy 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 it's all it's all like red infrared vision looking for heat signatures between legs but anyways she doesn't see us so she parks her scooter in front of a business and the business owner comes out and goes hey you can't put your scooter there that's parking for my business and she wasn't shopping at the business it wasn't like she was coming he does that to every customer he's like hey what are you doing why are you parking there they're like i'm gonna shop there and he's like oh come on in i guess he knew that she wasn't gonna shop there and she come, he comes out and he goes, you got to move your scooter. And she looks at him and they get in an argument. And then she reaches into his pants. Okay, so this one, again, last one, she reaches into his pants or maybe outside his pants. Maybe he was wearing like thin pants or spandex or something. But anyway, she grabs his junk and she says, I'll squeeze it to death. 
you'll never have children again. And he's first probably thinking, I don't have children now, so technically I can't have them again. Grammatically bad threat. Second thought, ah, the pain, the pain. She squeezes his testicles so hard they, say with me now, explode. So, uh, Gizmodo, actually, because these articles have been going around for a while. When the Chinese article popped up, Gizmodo, that website that I think just, they don't do video game reviews, but they do, like, nerd stuff. They they looked into it, and they asked the urologist, is it possible to die from having your testicles destroyed? And the urologist said yes. There's actually a couple different things can go on. You can get them crushed so badly that you bleed out that it causes, like, internal rupturing inside of your body. And you can have a heart attack from the pain, the level of pain that's going on. There's a couple that you can go into shock and then die. There's a couple different things. Well, maybe you go into shock and then you fall down hit your head. There's a couple different things that can happen when your testicles are squeezed. But it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility to have your testicles squeezed and die from it. I remember when I was in high school... I had a friend, so here we go, here we go, but I had a friend who told me this story, and he said, (laughs) he said that, so my buddy, let's say his name is Jim, Jim tells me the story, he had a buddy named Tyler, again, just making up the name, they were playing basketball, they were playing like junior varsity basketball game, and Tyler ended up getting kneed in the nuts. Really, really hard. He was going up for a shot. The other guy jumped up to block it. He just got kneed in the nuts. And <laughs> he, so if, you, if you're eating, you may want to pause, finish your food, and come back to this. He gets kneed, right? Now, he continue, He he's in pain, obviously. But you got the adrenaline of the game. He keeps going. And then they go back to the, <laughs> to the locker room for halftime. I was not a witness to this. This is a story I heard. Maybe an urban legend. I don't want a doctor being like, well, that's impossible. Because actually, I think it's quite possible. They go and they go into the locker room. And the coach is like, come on, guys. You guys got to do better. Or maybe they were winning. And the coach is like, good job. I don't know. I don't know the score. But they're taking their clothes off. They're getting ready to, like, <laughs> do they take their clothes off at halftime? Maybe it was after the game. Doesn't matter. The point is, is that my friend with the fake name of Jim saw his friend with the fake name of Tyler take his clothes off. And at that point, he said that he could tell, just being a kid, that something was wrong with his genitals. He said <laughs> that it appeared, he goes, this is what it looked like. He goes, I look like his actual ball was busted. So you have the testicular sack. And then inside it are two testes, and they're balls. They're like, I'm assuming you know human biology, but... And he goes, it looked like one of them was busted. He goes, it lo- one side looked lopsided. And then I'll never forget this. This might have been the best analogy I've ever heard. He said, so he's looking at this, and he believes that... And he saw the original accident, so he's thinking, oh, dude, this guy's ball must have got busted when he got kneed so hard. He said, his, his testicle, his sack, looked like... Quote, a bag full of soup. And I remember laughing so hard, because that's such a perfect visual. Because you have a sack, and then you just have... First off, you never just put soup in a bag. So it's an alien idea to begin with. But then you have, you're you looking at this bag, and you're looking at this... He could see the liquid sloshing around, which would technically be like sperm and... Not sperm. What's the stuff sperm comes in? Semen. Semen and blood. It was just full. Once 
And thank you for listening to today's episode, people who were formerly eating. Come back to tomorrow's episode. So you imagine it's like, I don't know, just this white-red mixture of something pink floating around in there. His testicle did end up getting exploded. He lost the testicle because of that game. I also heard a story once when I was in middle school. There was a guy. This this is most likely an urban legend because I don't know how this would happen. But there was a naked guy. One of my friends said he knew a guy. I believe the basketball story. This one I'm a little iffy on, but I still laughed hard. There was a naked. His friend was naked, and he was jumping on his bed. And then he... I don't know how this is possible, but it's still so funny. And then he jumped off the bed into his closet. And I don't know if my friend... And then he goes on a magical adventure with a witch and a lion. No, I don't... That would suck if you got teleported to an alternate dimension like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe or something like that while you were fully naked. You're on the toilet, you're taking a dump, and that's the day the portal opens up and then you're in, like, Narnia. You're, like, half pooping. And all of a sudden, there's like a little satyr in front of you being like, ready for your adventure? Anyways, where was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. So naked guy, my friend told me the story, but I don't know if he was there when this happened. I think he just heard about it later. The naked guy jumps off the bed and wee into the closet. <laughs> he jumps into the closet. His balls, his nutsack, gets caught on a... <laughs> now, again... I don't, let me just tell you, and then we'll discuss if this is possible. He jumps into the closet, and his balls get stuck on a coat hanger. There's a wire coat hanger, because when I was a kid, we actually had wire coat hangers. And it penetrates through the skin and, like, rips the ball out. So basically, like, the clothes hanger, I guess, was, like, went through the scrotum into the testicle And then, or maybe it just went into the scrotum and ripped it and his testicle like dangled out. Like the ball itself dangled out. His ball came out somehow. It was hanging out. And I I think they had to remove it. I think it actually penetrated both. (laughs) As you're eating, as you're eating Vienna sausages right now, you're like, oh, my, my morning is ruined, Jason. I don't know if that's possible because you, you think about it. You jump off your bed into a closet. That's possible. Jumping naked on a bed, that's possible. But how high would you have to jump in the air? Coat hangers, clothes hangers are normally fairly high. They're on a, like a wooden beam. Unless his closet floor was just a bunch of coat hangers down there. Some sort of really like basic Home Alone trap in case someone gets in there. They're like, oh no, I'm mildly inconvenienced as I'm stepping on coat hangers. Unless they were laying on the ground, I don't see how that's possible. But anyways, my friend told me that was true, and I laughed super hard and had an, an odd fear of coat hangers and and jumping around naked ever since. So yes, you can get killed doing that. That story went on way longer than I thought it would. We're going to skip the tragic accident story. That wasn't it. I had another story about a tra- tragic accident. Let's talk about the Goblin of Zaragoza. I think I pronounced it wrong in the beginning. I almost, for certain, almost pronounce it wrong in the future. This is actually a recommendation from Pawn Raw. Pawn Raw, been listening to the show for a long time. Thank you so much. And this is an interesting story. It's from Spain. It doesn't have a ton of detail. I really want to cover it because of the implications. 
So I'm going to go over the, the narrative itself is fairly brief. We're in the year 1934. It's September 27th. There's a town called Zaragoza, Spain. Look at I already mispronounced. I already had to relook to see how to pronounce it. I've also seen it spelled with an S, Zaragoza. There's a family called the Palazon family. Now there is in Zaragoza, there is a really nice apartment complex. It's like state of the art for the, not state of the art now, but in 1934, state of the art. And so it was real well-off families. They had housekeepers and these people had good jobs and stuff like that. And then one day you start hearing screaming, crying, banging, kind of emanating from the walls. Poltergeist. People can't figure out what's going on. And they kind of narrow it down to the kitchen and specifically the chimney that does lead to the ceiling and it's shared with other families. So you're thinking, well, maybe someone's making noise in another apartment. But they start inviting their friends over. Hey, what are you doing tonight? I don't know. Probably just going to... What's 1934? <laughs> There's nothing to do. Listen to the radio, I guess. Kind of lame. Got to use my imagination. Ah, forget that. Why don't you come over to my house? There's a goblin. There's a goblin living in the chimney. Plus... Maybe you can help me figure it out. So people, neighbors start coming over. And it actually, this is one of the interesting things. They talk about the goblin talking to them, but there's only one transcript. There's only one conversation we have a record of. So apparently, like when we look at Jeff the Talking Mongoose, there's a lot of, of, it was an old episode I did. Uh, There's a lot of references to to like what he was saying and stuff like that, and particular insults and things like that. Like he called the guy a couch potato or a big dumb oaf. This one really have one conversation, but so people start coming over, and of course, like these things do. It's 1934. It's super boring. They're on the edge of World War II, so everyone's kind of stressed out, anyways. So the fact that this family has like a little monster living in their chimney, no one can figure it out. You're gonna get people who believe in monsters, and you're gonna get skeptics. This gets out into the media. People start swarming the house. Massive crowds outside. And of course, the police get involved. So now you got police scooting around trying to figure out what's going on. Scotland Yard is looking at coming down because they're like, what is this? What is going on? Plus, they also want to probably spy on the Franco government. That was British's excuse. They're like, hey, let's uh, go down and quote unquote check on the goblin (laughs) as they're really putting spies in because they know World War II is right around the corner. By um, November you have uh, the police can evolve. So here's where we have a transcript. The police ask, who are you? Why are you doing this? Do you do it for money? Which is a dumb question to ask a goblin. I guess they probably think it's a human at this point. But the voice simply says, no. The police go, do you want a job? Like, what? (laughs) Who are these cops? Your question should... It's weird because at first they go, who are you? Why are you doing this? Do you want it? Do you do it for money? And it's like, no. Should just that should have been three separate questions. Who are you? I'm a goblin. Like they didn't even get that one. So they asked, "Do you want a job?" He says, "No." And then the police go, "So what do you want, man?" That's so weird. I didn't know they used terminology like that back then. And the the voice goes, "Nothing. I'm not a man." So if they had said, "So what do you want, dude?" Would it have been like, "I'm not a dude." Like this such a weird terminology. That's the only conversation we have a transcript for. That's it. There's no follow-up to that. This this story is fairly obscure, especially in, in Spain's the West, but in English-speaking countries, it's, it's very rare. I found a couple articles about it in English. I think I only found two, and the other ones I had to translate, and there's so many translation errors, so much grammatical stuff is driving me nuts. Anyways, 
what happens is the voice kind of starts being a jerk to people. And what people think to call this thing is in the culture of Spain, there's a thing called a duende, which is an elf or goblin would be the best translation for it. And it's funny because those are two kind of different things. Elf is kind of like this spry, happy little guy in a goblin. It's a monster. Goblin's an evil thing. And the duende is both as well. He can either be totally nice or a horrible, horrible jerk. It's one name that includes both types of personalities. Just like humans. We don't assume all humans are good. Some are bad. And so, but elves are generally seen as helpful and goblins are normally seen as monstrous. Duende kind of combines the two. So... What happens is it starts basically just talking trash to people and specifically talking trash to the maid, the maid of this family, the Palazon family. Her name is Pasquala Alo- Aloser. Aloser. Starts talking trash to her and all this stuff. Now, the police are getting really frustrated because there's massive crowds outside this apartment building. The other tenants are getting a little frustrated because they're just trying to get into their apartments. So the police end up like cordoning off the building. They won't let people into the building. They have people on the roof, cops on the roof, standing by the chimney to see if anyone's talking in the rooftop chimney. They bring in priests. They're spreading holy water all over the place. The voice disappears. So you go, oh, the holy water got rid of the ghost. And the skeptics are going, it was the massive police presence that got rid of the ghost. Cops leave. People are let back in the building. The voice returns, and this is another quote we have from it. Cowards, 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 here I am! Family, the Palazon family actually leaves for good. Uh, People are trying to record the voice. A radio station comes in to get a recording of the voice. And then the governor of Zaragoza is like, "This is I'm done with this. December 4th rolls around. This all happened within a course of a couple months. Runs around, and he says that we figured it out. It was the maid doing it. The maid was doing this thing labeled as unconscious ventriloquism, And it was labeled as, quote, a psychic phenomenon produced only in certain circumstances, unquote. So he said it was a maid. The maid was making these voices, but she won't remember making the voices. She'll never admit to making the voices because she doesn't know she made the voices, but she's making the voices. It's not a goblin. Everything's fine. And that was pretty much the end of it, actually. The family never came back. That 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 explanation made the crowds go away. People are like, oh, I was, you know, must have just been this girl doing this voice on accident or unconsciously. People still in the building afterwards said, oh, you know, sometimes when we walk around, there's cold spots or there's like spooky stuff happening. But it never really caught back on and people never really associate. People figured you're just a, you're just a scaredy cat because there used to be a goblin in your fireplace. Now, the building was eventually torn down, you know, just because it's built. Well, actually, probably several bombs were dropped on it during World War II. But but there's a new building in that spot, and it's known as Edificio Duende, or the Goblin Building. I'm assuming that's a nickname. I, I'm not assuming that you have a law office, and people are like, hey, where's your office at? And you're like, oh, swing on by Goblin Building. But stay away from the fireplace. I think someone's eavesdropping on us. This is an interesting story. For two reasons. One, it's one of those things that you have this massive police... First off, the police getting involved in paranormal stuff I'm always fascinated by. Sometimes they do it just because they're curious. Because police officers are humans. They still go home and they watch television shows and stuff like that. Like, they're not like this faceless force. The same thing with the military. It's really easy to look at law enforcement and the military as just like this other part of society. But they're also sitting around being like, dude, I wonder what what that is. 
but they'll have the means to say, hey, let's hop in the car, let's go down there and, and see if we can see someone on the roof. Like, they have more ability to go investigate this type of stuff. They're curious. Also, the fact that there was the traffic was getting snarled in the area, that's when they really had to bring in a police presence to try to find out what was going on. And also to make sure that, you know, society can still function, that cars can still move down the street. So, is it possible that she was doing the voice? Yeah, it's definitely possible. When everyone was moved out and the cops took over the building, the voice disappeared. And then the cops leave and the voice comes back. But there's and, and she's never admitted to it. She goes, I don't know what they're talking about. I didn't do it. They're saying I did it unconsciously. And that's kind of like the perfect alibi. Because then you can just end everything. But the, I think there's a bigger topic to this story. I think there's a, a more interesting thing to this story. And we'll end it on this. There's an interesting thing to this story. And we'll end it like this. Is that you have a completely audible voice. People can hear it. Neighbors can hear it. Police heard it. They're interviewing it. And then eventually it goes away. Hoax? Sure. Possibly. Most likely a hoax. But let's assume, let's put on our believer hats and assume that it is some sort of supernatural force. Why don't we have stuff like that anymore? Because we do have Geff the Talking Mongoose, which was a similar thing. It was kind of just a jerk living in the house that sometimes would appear as a mongoose again. Possibly a fake, most likely a fake story. Other people were hearing the voice and all that stuff. But why have we... Let's assume that it's real. Let's assume all of this stuff is real. Nowadays, you got to have the EVP. It used to be that you could have a spiritual thing. You could go to a spiritualist, a medium. You'd ask a question. Will I marry Bobby? Oh, yes. Four knocks means yes, but it'll be a a short marriage. You used to be able to, and that, again, was mostly fake, but let's assume that at least some of them were true. Why is it that things seem to have gotten less concrete over the past 100 years, 150 years of ghost investigations or talking to ghosts? It used to be you could have a spiritualist ceremony. You have these voices emanating from the walls that anyone can walk by. Now you have people walk through a haunted asylum walking with a tape recorder Maybe they'll hear like a bang down the hallway. It could just be a raccoon running around. But they'll walk down a haunted asylum where people were being experimented on by horrible doctors in the 1960s. They take the tape recorder home, plug it in, slow it down, and they hear, Get out of there. And they're like, it said, buy oatmeal here. Oh my god, you're right. I had oatmeal on me. I forgot to wash my shirt. So... What, why, in the world of Supernatural, why has that changed so much? It's an interesting thing. It's an interesting theory. Because sometimes we have to step back. It's really easy to get lost in the Supernatural stories as they come about. But when you step back to look at patterns, you start to see some more bizarre things. Why is it that our connection to the spiritual world is getting less and less. Why is it when we look at old stories of aliens, there's hundreds of different types of alien races? But nowadays, there's pretty much just grays. Like I'd say since the 1980s, it's pretty much just gray aliens. The world of the paranormal seems to be getting less and less diverse. Why is that? How can we go from powerful voices in the past to 
completely silent voices with a tape recorder? Why is it that we used to take photos of full-body apparition ghosts, and now you're happy if you can catch an orb on camera? I think the fear has always been that the divide between the dead and the living, between the explained and the unexplained, was going to grow closer and closer together to the point where the mysterious is right beside you. The creatures of our nightmares are truly under our beds. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe the world of the real and the world of the dream are are separating and growing farther and farther apart. There may be a day where there are no ghost sightings, no EVPs, no UFOs, no alien encounters. The rift could grow so wide between the realities that we are trapped in the mundane. And the story about a goblin cracking jokes in a fireplace will seem not simply unbelievable, but unfathomable. Something that a human in the future could never even dream of in a mundane world of the supernormal. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.